You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to episode 281. We've been on five and a half years. It's The Undercard. If you're new to the show, we're a boxing MMA pop culture show, and uh, thanks for joining us. If you're still around after five and a half years, thanks for sticking around for five and a half years. Yeah, thanks, Rick. Yep. <laughs> 281. Uh, so what we will be doing is celebrating 1981, uh, which is a tradition since we started the undercard is that when we get to the the later numbers, like, well, so when we hit episode 80, we, we did 1980. And, but then when we came around in the hundreds, we did it again. But 1981 was a year where it started to get a little bit weird in the eighties, like the eighties were going to define themselves. 1980, which we touched on last year, the seventies was, episode. yeah, yeah. We, it's still carrying over a lot of the 70s and the the fashion yet hadn't hit. But 1981, really, things started to get weird in the 80s. And a lot of the stuff we like from 1981 to 1985, that's where it starts to make an appearance. I don't know. I mean, usually, typically, <clears throat> usually, typically, uh, when a decade changes, it takes two years for the new decade to establish itself. Because there's a lot of holdovers from the previous decade. So, like like you said, coming out of the 70s into the 80s, 80, 81, we're kind of, you know, just the end of 81 going into 82 was more what we think of the 80s, you know. Mm -hmm. And same thing with the 90s, coming out of 89, 90, 91, that was kind of the tail end of the 80s, you know. It takes a couple of years for it to establish itself. (laughs) And it's uh, primary voting day here in uh, Michigan. Yeah, that it is. And just going on social media, it appears a lot of people voted. Um, it's almost like something really bad happened the last election that people are getting out there and, I, and realizing their vote matters. I, I, I honestly <laughs> – Did something, something bad happen I, last I election? honestly have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, <laughs> nothing bad has happened the last two years. It's just a strong Everything primary. Everything is just, I mean, it's just, you know, I think people are just, you know, they're just going out and they're exercising their civic duty. People are finally realizing <laughs> that they have a right to vote and they're exercising that right. It has nothing to do with the horrible things that have been happening the last couple of years. Not that bad. I mean, it's just been business as normal. You know, or, you know, I, I play the middle. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm not but, either. But let's be honest. On each side, there's a candidate that you probably don't want to win. So like that's that probably got. Vote, that's why I always vote independent. But no, I mean, I, I think that brought out the people. Yeah, that you can I only agree. vote one side. But I mean, there was clearly one guy on the Democratic side where you're like, no. <laughs> nope. And then there's clearly nope. one guy on the Republican side where you're like, nope, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so like go out there and vote. Yeah, that. Yeah, that, 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 yeah. 
uh, there was uh, definitely one on each side where it's just like, yeah, num- that's a big no. <laughs> that's like a hearty no, <laughs> like a full stop, you know, no. exclamation point, period, no. Right. Uh, and I'll never forget. Uh, it w- so last year, two years ago, two years ago, we were in the studio and we were here for election night. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. And we were watching the results in the the green room. Come <laughs> and we in. weren't we weren't believing it. What wasn't quite believing it? There's some swing states go the yeah. the wrong way. I think then, when we laughed, it was everybody it assumed. Was tied, but, I would mm. say I think when we laughed, everybody had assumed that Hillary had won it. And then by the time we got home, everything had changed, and it was like, wait, what? All right. Uh, so that was two years ago. Uh, but when I, when I go home, uh, WWJ, which does an amazing election coverage, I'm sure the exit polls will 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 get to see who who the two candidates for governor are. And you know, a lot of people don't think the governor position really matters, but clearly with the Flint crisis and a lot that has happened, we we do see that there is a lot of power with the the governor and um where money is allocated and where money is spent um i tell you what what was beefing me and i i posted it on social media somebody actually had one of the candidates on on podcast detroit please tell me it wasn't shuri no he had all of them on so at one time shuri was on okay um but uh they they said come up with a like a reasonable question and I'll ask it. Mm -hmm. My question was, yeah, it's great. We're repairing roads, but how come the city, the County and the state can't get on the same level? It just seems like it was a really bad planned out summer in which everything was being worked on at the time. And I know at the Wayne County level, they're working on their roads, the, the, the state level, they're working on their roads. 75 being still shut down one way is just fucking hell. So I actually uh, um, have a solution for that. If I were to become governor, I have a solution for that. Okay. Flying cars. No, no. Uh, Everybody gets, I I will raise taxes, but everybody will get raised 0.01% of their income will be taxed. And I figured I went online, I looked at all the different figures, all the different numbers, how much you know, what percentage makes what in the state of Michigan? How many make above a million dollars? How many make below the poverty line? Blah, blah, blah. Point or point zero one percent of your income would be taxed, which like for us would come down to like a dollar. Mm-hmm. OK, but for, you know, a little bit, you know, and the higher you are, it's like ten dollars. But it's 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 not going to be noticeable to you, but it will raise uh, it was like twenty point five million dollars. For the state of Michigan. Right. The $20.5 million will be used to hire every single person who's on unemployment right now. Every single person who's on unemployment will be hired by the state of Michigan using that 20 point whatever million dollars. All road construction, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have two weeks to finish your project. If you can't finish your project in two weeks, then you have to figure out another way to do it. You have two weeks to do it. And you just start from, you know, like all the different areas and you can't do your project for more than two weeks, but you will have a shit ton of people helping you out. It'll be operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Once the roads and the infrastructure are done, then you start cleaning up the forest. You start cleaning up the lakes. You start, there, there are a lot of things that you can do. Asian with, carp. 
or whatever you have to do, but they are employed by the state of Michigan using that money, and nobody's going to feel that kind of tax increase. Fix the Boblo vote. There's a lot of places the money could go, Jimmy. You know what? You know why? But but that's 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 number one. You know why you wouldn't win? Why? Because I don't think anyone's won an elected position with a beard since the Civil War. You would have to shave the beard. No. No, absolutely you, not. You give me a candidate that's one with a beard no, since I, the Civil War. I, I like. I mean, first, it, it, it's blue. I will. It's I, blue suit, I red will, tie, and clean facial hair. No, I will win that is with a beard. The, all right, I will win with the beard. I guarantee you, that, I can win with the beard. That should if be I actually had, on your lawn sign. I will win with the beard. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. It's it's. Uh, but no, it's it's proven. Like I, you know, people identify more with people with no facial hair. That's false. And. and well, no, that's why politicians do it. The blue suit, the power suit, there there has been studies to that. And that's why Obama and, uh, you know, Obama, as soon as he was done being president, he grew a little bit yeah, of beard. I, like, you, you just no, don't see it. No, I mean, I get it. it. I, you don't see it anymore. But I want to see it back. See it. I'm going to bring it back. It's part of fashion now, so why not? Well, not only is it part of fashion, but it's a proven fact that men with facial hair are more trustworthy. <sighs> I'm I'm just saying, men with facial hair are more trustworthy. I gotcha. It yeah. doesn't go across the board. <laughs> <laughs> just putting that out. There. Um, but no, uh, you know, maybe one day you should run. Have you thought oh, about I, it? I've no, I'm not gonna. I wouldn't want that kind of spotlight on yourself or on myself. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. That I mean, yeah, and that's exactly what it would be. Is if I did run, it would be a hundred percent independent, and it would be a party that you would like. That doesn't exist right now. It'd be like the what was that? Um, uh, it's been a lot. Green, no, no, no. What was that party? one that uh, Stephen Colbert and John Stewart made up for that rally? Yeah, like the party for insanity or something like that. It'd be like you know, like Serenity Now party or you know <laughs> something now. like that. Just sanity, the sanity party. He you says know? he doesn't like Seinfeld, but he goes with the Serenity Now. Oh, is that what it's from? Yeah. Oh, I don't. I just that's his uh, word when he's having uh, Mr. Costanza. Oh, I don't, I don't. Anyways, well, we got uh, a pretty good show for you. We got Travis Davis from uh, Columbus. We've been giving Columbus some love lately. Uh, he's going to be on the show. I don't know in about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fits perfectly with the undercard. He's a pro boxer and also pro MMA. Looks exactly like Conor McGregor with like another 40 pounds. You on. know, he kind of does, and I'm going to bring it up on uh, on our thing here so that people can see him. You know what? Honestly, he looks like a combination between um, Conor McGregor and uh, the the big guy from the original Superman 2. Like the the one oh. that didn't the one that didn't speak if he so dark, much if he darked his hair dark I mean that's kind of what he really what he looks like yeah. you know I, the guy I, that grunted yeah the guy that grunted with Zod yeah. yeah he was he was one of the the three people or the other two people with Zod but yeah that's what he kind of looks like mm-hmm. you know and I yeah because uh, I had to look him up I'm like hmm, interesting and that was the picture that was on his topology page and that's why I picked that one. Those Superman movies, as, as sure the special effects don't hold up, but because you're talking about the Christopher Reeve ones, yeah, yeah, the the movies up until the Richard Pryor disaster one, uh, they're they're pretty good movies. I you always like Gene Hackman. Superman three, yeah, that no. or was that? Wait, was that Superman three? Was that whichever four. the computer where he battles in the desert and <sighs> it gets attached to the girl I, and Richard Pryor's in it? 
for the I want to say that Superman three, yeah, Superman four was the quest for peace where they created that like Sun Superman that he had to uh, fight. Yeah, yeah. Was, one and two. That was good. really bad. <laughs> First off, you had Marlon Brando as uh, his father making as Jor-El, right? yeah. And Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman was good. As uh, Lex Luthor. Yeah, Gene Hackman Um, was good. uh, You know, and he's playing both sides, the the criminals from Krypton. He'd side with them. Well. He'd side with Superman when he realized his world was not going to be what he wanted it to be. It was kind of – I always like, dude, Gene Hackman. Enemy of the State, any of the movies he yeah, does. he's really him. good, yeah. He's, he's, he's I mean, Gene Hackman's a great actor. He can, right. he can pretty much do whatever, you know. You can throw Gene Hackman into a B-rated movie and he'll make it A. Right. You know? But I think those movies hold up, the first one and the second They're one. Definitely the first and the second one. The third and the fourth, we're not really talking about that. No, like they, they tried to use, okay, computers are going to be cool, so let's have a storyline about a computer. And then they wanted a comedic effect, and Richard Pryor at the time had done the toy in a lot of movies and could could not have been bigger, wanna, Richard wanna, Pryor. Hold on, I want to see if I can figure out which one that one is. Keep talking. Oh, no, gonna, yeah. so he goes in the middle, the, the big – scene is they built a computer in the middle of the desert and Superman goes and tries to battle the supercomputer and then mm-hmm. it attaches to one of the girls who worked for uh you know Luther and all them and it just it's just bad. Well, and I remember the were... ski hill on the penthouse. It was just bad. Yeah, you know what they were trying to do with that? They were trying to create Brainiac, but I don't think they they went I they were trying to, I think, implant the idea of Brainiac because that's what Brainiac is. Is It's basically a supercomputer from the future. Um, and it's actually Superman's – one of Superman's greatest enemies. Like Lex Luthor is Superman's greatest earthbound enemy, but uh, Brainiac is Superman's greatest cosmic uh, enemy. Um, and I think that's what they were – yeah, Superman 3. Um, horrible. What horrible. Year? Yeah, uh, 83. Oh, yeah. so we're coming up on it. Like um, I said, it gets yeah, it's quick. it's yeah. But I, I'm saying I think that scene they were trying to plant the ideas of Brainiac and maybe make like a Brainiac started here on Earth kind of thing, and then it just right, it just didn't work. So they abandoned the idea. Did you see Ready Player One? I did. What did you? think I've read of the it? book. Okay, what did you think of it? The book or the movie? Movie. I didn't, uh, well, I didn't the movie is completely different from the book, but. Okay. Uh, I liked the movie. I thought it was exactly what I expected to get. And although it's not like the book, the spirit of it was very much like the book. And I thought it was very well done. And I liked how they kind of handled some of the greater ideas behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, and there, there's 300 and something Easter eggs that are in the Ready Player One movie. 300 and something Easter. It just little could be little things that like just a blink and you'll miss it kind of thing. But it's a throwback to an 80s childhood memory or 90s or something. You know, you have the Back to the Future car. You have the Iron Giant. You have Ghostbusters. You have the Ninja Turtles. You have this. You have, I mean, there's there's so many little Easter eggs in the movie and the Easter eggs are also in the book. They, you know, reference them or whatever. But yeah, I, I really liked it. Why? What did you think? I thought it was all right. I, but, you know, they did reference stuff that only I like and that, that Rochelle used to like, you know, kind of make fun of me for liking. Like but what? 
Buckaroo Banzai. There's not many people out there that are Buckaroo Banzai fans. But, but like, but it was a, huge... a nostalgia thing. Oh, right. And that's all that, that's how really all Ready Player One kind of was, is in that world was just, it was all about being something that you've always wanted to be. And there's going to be somebody out there that wanted to be Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. He was, I mean, he was awesome. Uh, but the reason I get on it is so the cardboard display cases that they sell uh, DVDs in, uh, if you've seen the Ready Player One, it is uh, half a DeLorean mm-hmm. for the the Back to the Future DeLorean. Mm-hmm. And then the the DVDs are slotted in there. I have to get it. Like I Wait, have say to say that again. Okay, so um, how they're selling the Ready Player One is in a the back, selling Ready Player One the, the DVD. DVD. But I'm not I'm okay. So like they have display the selling. Anybody, Target, anybody. The dis- I haven't seen that. Display. I haven't seen I'll that show anywhere. you the display. I've case. seen. I've uh, been to Target, Myers, it's, Walmart. It's never a seen DeLorean. That. And it has the Ready Player Ones in it stacked. But okay. that's how I want to keep my DVD collection now, in that cardboard thing. So if anybody does not want to throw it away from a store, I would buy it in a heartbeat. Well, usually they have to send it back to the, no, the people that oh, send it Oh, it goes to the them. trash. No, they don't. They throw it away. Yeah, it goes to the trash. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I worked at Meyer, and I know that promotional materials sometimes way to send back. I worked back. at Media Play for six years. I'll yeah. see if I can find it. I, I think I even no, saved the picture. I used to have lots, lots huh. of stuff. All right, so let's call up our first guest and go back into the 80s here in a little bit. Oh, it almost sounded like Pong or something. It's this new Skype thing. That's not new. That's what Skype usually sounds like. They just haven't removed the beginning part. Hello. Hey, Travis, you're live on the undercard. How are you? Good. Yourself? Very good. We are joined by Travis. I wish I would have answered my phone like "hello" then, if I would have known I was already live on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> I should have warned you. Uh, we're being joined <laughs> no, by. You're fine. I'm just kidding. We're being joined by Travis Davis. Uh, he is a pro MMA star at six and two, and then also in boxing three and zero at cruiserweight with two knockouts. Uh, Thirty-one years of age, middleweight, light heavyweight. How are you today, good sir? Good, good. Just got back from the gym, actually. Awesome. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the undercard. I've met you a few times, but we're a boxing MMA show. And back back when we started, there wasn't many people crossing over. Uh, it, it was very, uh, you were either boxing or you're MMA. We were the first. Yeah, it was still kind we of pretty taboo back then. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we have been, somebody pretty high up in the business has said we were the first that came up with the idea of like combining them kind of show-wise. But uh, tell us the difference between the two and which one do you enjoy doing most? Uh, I'll tell you the biggest difference between the two is the training. Um, you know, at the MMA, obviously you're training, uh, more than just striking. You're training the grappling aspect, you're training the, you know, the, whether you're talking jujitsu or you're talking wrestling, um, you know, and then you got the throws and it could be a little judo, uh, or some, you know, more Greco Roman wrestling again. There's just so I think there's a lot more uh, to train than there is in boxing. You know, when I train for my boxing fights, I do a lot of bag work. I do a lot of um, I do a lot of sparring. Um, I do a lot of um, uh, jump rope, a lot of conditioning, a lot of cardio, uh, especially punches. You know, we just tonight we did we did kind of a boxing uh, conditioning practice tonight where we just went seven rounds, uh, seven five minute rounds. Because we're still training for MMA rounds, they're a little bit longer than the three minute rounds in boxing. So, right. you know, it's better to just train for the five minutes. And we try to push ourselves 
to throw as many punches as we can in that five minutes because then it makes the three minutes feel like, you know, it's a walk in the park. So, uh, but we, we just go body, uh, today we did seven rounds of body work where, you know, uh, you know, we're still feigning, we're throwing jabs and stuff to the shoulder, but we're mostly just digging, digging big shots to the body on each other and and trying to beat each other up a little bit. (laughs) Awesome. Now you got a unique look about you, but, it kind of looks like Conor McGregor. You now, did you have that look before Conor McGregor came with the beard? You so, look like Conor McGregor with thirty more pounds on him. Is what you look like, yeah. <laughs> and that works to your advantage because I've been in the crowd where the girls are like, "Hey, that guy's good looking," Hi. and you got the tattoos. Were you on that path before Conor? Because Conor hasn't been around that yeah. long. He he hasn't been around that long, and actually, I've been fighting. You know, I had my first fight back. When- you know, 2010, but you know, of course I'm not, you know, Conor McGregor famous. So, uh, it's funny. Like I had, you know, full sleeves. Um, the, I think what really was my buddies is what really pushed it over the edge is when I got the lion with the, the crown on the top, right. Uh, on my chest and everyone's like, Oh, Conor McGregor. I'm like, Man, I mean, if you look at it, he's got a gorilla completely different. <laughs> like my style is like a traditional American traditional style. And, so it's his, but it's, 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 I mean, it's so much different than mine. Um, but no, I had the same haircut and I've had a beard for you know several years. So he just kind of got famous and man, I'll tell you what, I honestly, even like just walking around, uh, people not knowing me that knowing that I'm a fighter, I'm constantly getting called Conor McGregor. It's, it's <laughs> my girlfriend just rolls her eyes at this point. She, somebody will be like, Oh yeah. Has anyone ever told you you look like Conor McGregor? I'm like, yeah, maybe a couple of times, just just once or twice. Now, have you actually ever been mistaken for him? Because I mean, it's close enough. Has someone come up and asked you, "Are you oh. Conor McGregor?" Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, um, I've, we've had it happen. That's why, that, like, like I said, my girlfriend gets Brittany. She gets pretty uh, <laughs> uh, she embarrassed, I guess, sometimes when it's just like these guys. Like, people will be like, "Oh, is that, is that really Conor?" Uh, and I'm just like, no, but I am an MMA fighter, you know, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram under Bam Bam Davis one, you know? <laughs> awesome. So, uh, so, you know, if, if one discipline works out a little bit more than the other, obviously you have a few more MMA fights, um, and a couple losses in MMA doesn't mean anything. Um, do you have a plan to like focus on one? If, if one starts to take off and make it like a full-time career here, or do you want to keep bouncing back uh, and forth? You know, honestly, um, right now I feel like I'm in a place where I can bounce back and forth. You know, I'm still relatively, uh, young in boxing with three fights. You know, I think a lot, most boxing guys, you know, when they start getting up in that higher level, you know, we're talking like 10 and 10 and one, 10 and oh, you know, like, uh, I feel like there's just a, you build your record a little bit better in boxing than you do in MMA. Uh, you know, I think the, especially as a bigger guy, um, you know, with a six and two record, you know, I could possibly be in the UFC with two more wins, you know, um, with boxing, I think to, to be even fighting on like, you know, Showtime or, uh, ESPN or something like that. Uh, you know, you're probably talking eight, nine, 10 wins, uh, and, and, and being undefeated, you know, uh, or having like 17 wins and two losses, you know, (laughs) something like that. So, um, honestly, I I think MMA is where I'm focusing mostly right now. Um, I think that I have, um, a uh, faster chance of getting somewhere further in the MMA. However, you know, if, if I get there and, you know, it doesn't work out, then boxing is what I, w- I think I would go to next. Um, 
just because I, I do like the challenge of, of the boxing, but I think MMA is just a bit more challenging. I think that's why I've been chasing the MMA dream, and that's kind of what got me started. So, Yeah, the the first time I saw you fight, I believe it, you, you fought at the ballpark, right, where the Columbus Clippers play, correct, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I believe that's the first part, yeah. time I saw you fight boxing. I think I had seen you fight MMA before that. And I think one of yeah, the advantages – Oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to say one of the advantages that MMA fighters have when they box is that when you fight somebody like you did that night who's a traditional boxer who doesn't like to that gray area in boxing when you're breaking and stuff, you really roughed up that kid. And when they're when they're in that traditional boxing mode of jab, punch, you know, and then waiting for a ref to break, I think there's an advantage for an MMA fighter because I don't want to say you did anything dirty, but you find that gray area where you can rough them up in between punches. And I, I just I just remember that guy wanting to quit because you you just did not stop on him. Yeah, so there's a, a boxing coach actually at my gym, and he always talks about you know, the difference between boxing boxers and MMA fighters. And he said, the biggest difference to me, as far as boxers and MMA fighters, he goes, the way MMA people train, it's like, it's dirty. It's grueling. It's grinding. He goes, he goes, boxers train gracefully. You know, they're, they're, they're not graceful, but I mean, they're just, it's not like that dirty style where you're in there um, grinding all day long. You know, it's more of like a, it's more of a long distance race, you know? So you're, you're setting a good pace, but you're, you know, you're pushing yourself and, and MMA is a bit more in your face. Uh, I, I don't know. I think he just, the way he kind of explained it, he said, he's like, MMA guys are, are typically tougher. You know, they're just used to that dirty fighting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I guess when you say that, uh, it kind of, you know, it makes sense. I'm like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm gritty, you know, that just get in there and punch somebody in the face kind of attitude is what you got to have as an MMA fighter. I don't call it dirty. And I definitely, I, I, I kind of preface the gray thing. It's just that when you fight somebody like you fought at, at Columbus Outdoors, in which he, 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 you can tell that he's a boxer. He likes to dance on his feet. But I, there's nothing wrong with, you know, if the ref's not breaking you and you're taking body shots to him or if you're coming in with your head a little bit more and you're not warned. There, I mean, there's nothing, you know, the ref kind of dictates the fight. I just remember that guy just you were smothering him. And that's what I was yeah. telling my partner is like, that's the advantage sometimes an MMA fighter will have. It's that sometimes you'll, you'll just find a traditional boxer, right? Somebody that doesn't want to like get, get dirty. He wants to like, you know, outpoint you and, and kind of dance around right. and you can find the advantage. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's that, just that pressure style, you know, in MMA, there's typically, if you're not moving forward and you're moving backwards, you know, you got to look, you, it's just, it's better to be moving forward. I think in MMA than it is in boxing, you can sit back and use that jab and use that straight cross and, and, and kind of, you know, uh, elude the striking of your opponent, you know, just like uh, you look at Floyd Mayweather. I mean, he made a career out of not getting hit, you know? And uh, I think if he fought an MMA guy and even in boxing, I think of like, you know, well, when he fought Connor, you know, Connor looked decent those first couple of rounds because he was putting the pressure on him and coming at him. But he also burned himself out like most people kind of expected him to do, you know, fighting a boxer for 10 rounds, especially someone as, uh, you know, as good as Floyd Mayweather in your pro debut. I mean, that was an insane, you know, uh, fight in the first place. So <laughs> I'm like, I, 
I got to give Connor credit for taking it, but at the same time, it, I mean, it was a it was a circus show. It was a money fight, and um, you know, and everyone made plenty of money. So, <laughs> well, what we it mo- yeah, what we most like about coming down there is that. So even though you're three and zero, your next fight will be against somebody that's kind of equally matched. Bernie runs a great state down there. Uh, there's not a lot of mismatches where we come from, from Michigan. It's not uncommon for like an O and nine person to go against a five and O, but you don't see that down in, in Columbus and you never know. We were just down there and you were doing some announcing, uh, for Troy down there. You're making your announcing debut mm-hmm. looking dapper. Uh, you never know with those <laughs> fights because they're, they're so evenly matched in Ohio, whether it be from Toledo to Cincinnati. The state does a really good job of making you guys work early. And I tell you what, it's going to pay off down the road because there's a lot of people we see here that, that get wins versus nobodies in Michigan. And then the first sign of adversity, they, they cross like paper yeah and and you know what uh that that's a good point and i'll tell you that I, I can be i can be honest with you as a fighter there's plenty of fighters that would that that don't agree with how that's being done just because <clears throat> a lot of these other states where you go and you can pad your record you know you can fight these guys that are you know one in five and two and seven now the only i think the only disadvantage to to it is when you get to a point where, you know, like say a situation like me right now, I'm six and two coming off of a loss to a, uh, you know, 17 and 10 opponent who was a five-time UFC veteran. Uh, I lost by decision. I won the first round and lost the second two rounds. I'm coming in now six and two. So I'm coming off a loss and how, I mean, I, I guess where the, the problem is, is like, so now with me coming off a loss, like realistically, I want to fight a guy that not that I can just go through and, you know, maul and just, you know, destroy somebody, but I want to fight a guy who is similar in the position that I'm in either, you know, they have a similar fight record or, um, you know, maybe more fights, but let, you know, less wins than fight than, than, than losses, you know? So it's one of those things where it makes it tough and challenging when you fight in Ohio. You know, right. and a lot of times there's a lot of guys that don't want to come to Ohio because they they are looking for those easy fights. You know, right. and I think Bernie does do a good job at matching well, you know, even fights. But uh, there's also times in I think in the sport, especially in boxing as well, where you are re- building or rebuilding yourself as a fighter. You know, and there's always going to be a there's always going to be a fighter out there that you you would consider it, uh, you know, a novice professional or a stepping stone for you know, this guy to make it to that next level. Um, so I think it makes it a bit challenging in Ohio as well, uh, just because they are so evenly matched. And, you know, a lot of guys from other states don't want to come to Ohio. Just like you said, you know, these guys from, you know, maybe you have not such a strict athletic commission in Michigan and those guys nope. um, <laughs> say they don't want to come to Ohio and fight because they know that the, the they're going to get matched against a guy that, you know, could possibly beat them. Yeah. So I, I, it's, uh, it, it does make the the talent pool, I guess, just it makes it smaller. So I, I think there's a lot of guys in Columbus, especially in Ohio, that end up fighting each other. You know, that should be fighting out of state and going places with it. Right. Well, uh, once again, uh, give out your social media uh, for people to follow you that listen to the undercard. Yeah, it's uh, on Instagram. It's Bam Bam Davis One. Uh, you can find me at Bam Bam Davis on Facebook. Uh, 
And that's uh, pretty much it. I can't remember what my Twitter feed is. So. <laughs> and when is but, your uh, next fight you know, Give me a follow, and I'm hoping to be uh, fighting again here in the next month and a half or so. Awesome. Well, we look forward to that, and then uh, best of luck in your career, and then thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. All right. One of the good guys in the sport, uh, truly. Appreciate it, man. All right. Uh, take care. Uh, yeah, he looks exactly like Conor McGregor. It would not surprise me if he walked across an airport and you didn't know that Conor McGregor's like 30 pounds. You know what he sh- I mean, he could do. I shouldn't say he should do, but he could do is just walk into literally any bar and go, you know, perfect his Irish accent and just go, I'm Conor McGregor. And then everybody would buy him drinks, you know. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, he wouldn't have to say anything the rest of the night. Just, I'm Conor McGregor. <laughs> Travis looks pretty darn close. He probably missed the good opportunity to make some bar appearances during the Mayweather McGregor fight. He yeah. Could just like for photos. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh gosh, or like, yeah, yeah, like five bucks or whatever. Kids' get birthday your, parties. Get your picture taken with a Conor McGregor lookalike. <laughs> you want Dora Barney or Conor McGregor? Yeah. Oh my, my gosh. Son wants Conor, Conor McGregor. McGregor. <laughs> like that one time we were at that charity event and we're like, oh my gosh, it's Toby Keith. It was not Toby Keith. <laughs> exactly, but he looked. I actually, I actually exactly. had the opposite thing happen to me back in uh, was it two thousand? Yeah, two thousand three. Ford Motor Company was celebrating their one hundredth anniversary. It was also the one hundredth anniversary of the first flight at Kitty Hawk, nineteen oh three. Gotcha. Two thousand three. So, uh, old professor. Is that when they had like the big concerts outside. Yeah. Okay. So they had like Earth, Wind, and Fire. They Beyonce. had Beyonce. Beyonce. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, and uh, Toby Keith. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so what happened was, uh, a old professor of mine, uh, and I got selected by the Kitty Hawk, whatever society to do this skit as part of the Kitty Hawk thing. And it was, um, he played Bill, somebody who was the post, the actual postmaster general at Kitty Hawk. And I played this guy named Travis who was trying to, sp- build this like flying machine, blah, blah. blah. And it was basically like how the Wright brothers actually did it. And it was informational and really cool. And and anyways, so uh, Dale and I were dressed in the, you know, traditional historical garb and uh, where our tent was, there was a hedge right behind uh, our thing. And the stage was on the other side. So Dale and I are just relaxing on some couple of lawn chairs out back. And uh, this guy just kind of like barrels through the, the bushes and he like rubs himself off. He's like, can y'all show me where the portage on is? And we're like, and we look at him and, and I'm like, it's right over there. And Dale goes, who was that? I said, I think that was Toby Keith. He goes, no, nah, that's not Toby Keith. I said, nah, it's probably not Toby Keith. Cause we didn't know who was playing at the, you know, thing or whatever. I'm like, eh, that's probably not Toby Keith. And he comes back. He's like, how are y'all doing? We're like, good. He's like, why you uh, dress up like that? And we explained to him, he goes, oh, that's really cool. And we'd start talking or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, there's a, you know, I'm like, what are you doing here? He goes, oh, I got a concert going. I figured he was a roadie. Like, I'm like, cause my brain just could not accept that this was Toby Keith Toby that I was Keith. talking with, you know, and, um, uh, so anyways, uh, he, uh, I'm like, yeah, we got this, uh, really cool, like fl- they, they had made this thing where it was, um, 
Uh, it was like a flight simulator, but you sat in an actual real skill model of the right flyer and they had these big, large screens in front of you and you would pull back on the stick and give it a little bit more thrust and you see how far you could go. See if you could beat Orville or Wilbur or, you know, whoever. And I'm like, yeah, there's this, you know, thing. It's like, oh, I got to try that. And so we took him in there and we showed him, we, you know, got him to do it or whatever. And he's like, all right, well, I got to go. He's like, hey. You guys want to see my concert later on? You know, just uh, come on, come on back. And we're like, okay. And I'm like, all right, thank you, Mr. Keith. And I call me Toby. And I'm like, son of a bitch, that is him. There you go. <laughs> and we did. We actually went back there, like, uh, during the concert or whatever, full garb, you know, still dressed or whatever. And we kind of, like, snuck around the back of the bushes. And he just happened to see. He's like, come on, come on, come on. And we, like, sat off off stage, you know, watching the whole concert or whatever, but I had a couple of beers with him afterwards. He was a really nice guy. That's cool. But yeah, my brain just would not accept that this was Toby Keith I was talking to, you know? I just, and the opposite of what, you know, that guy probably has, where everybody assumes he's Conor McGregor, I just assume that he wasn't Toby Keith, right. you know? You just, it, it's hard for your brain to process that you're meeting somebody, you know, of that, that stature, you know, whatever. The number one place you run into people, uh, and it happened to me all the time, is airports. I, yeah. I've, I've ridden a lot of airplanes with yeah. a lot of famous people. And yeah. then the whole flight, everybody knows I they're there. Yeah. And it's just like yeah, they I don't want to be bothered, but like I everybody had, on the flight knows who they are. Benjamin and I went to Florida, and that's where we ran into. Uh, and I know it's no big deal for most people, but it was. Osgood and his family and oh, yeah. Draper and his family. Yeah. Oh, I, that would have been awesome. If I, yeah. yeah, if I made you a list of some of the people that I've flown with you, that you you wouldn't Wait, think that, I know, that you wouldn't think fly <laughs> commercially, um, but that's the place you see them all the time, airports yeah. and what? stuff. And then the Super Bowl week, when Super yeah. Bowl was here for Detroit, oh, yeah. I actually had to fly in that week back to Detroit. Holy shit, oh, I'm dude. Sure. Like, I, every terminal like gate had like somebody. Celebrities, like, holy yeah. Shit. No, there was uh, one time I was on a flight I think I was going down to Texas for some military training. So I was in my full army, you know, get up or whatever. And this guy came up to me and said, I just want to shake your hand. I said, all right, thanks. You know, I shook his hand. Somebody came up to me afterwards and went, do you know who that is? And I'm like, no. And I honestly can't remember. It was some famous actor that I had never heard of before. And when I – and I didn't – you know, I couldn't look it up or whatever. But when I finally, like, got internet access, I looked him up. I'm like – Oh shit, he's actually kind of a big deal. It's kind of a I big just, deal. I couldn't remember who I and I wish I could remember who it was, but I couldn't I never like heard heard of him, but he had been like on a bunch of soap operas and had been in movies and had been on other TV shows and like apparently he was pretty famous, but I had no idea who he was. Right. I felt bad, you know, cuz I'm like, "Oh, thank you." <laughs> you know. Hey, you know, hey. You know, uh, so this past week and then um, the week before uh, the next topic that I had was uh, so the football Hall of Fame had their uh, get together in Canton, Ohio, and uh, the baseball Hall of Fame had theirs two weeks ago. Uh, a couple of Detroit Tigers got in there. Alan Trammell, uh, who's worthy, Jack Morris, probably worthy, yeah. uh, but. It got me to thinking, uh, a lot of people don't know the UFC does have a Hall of Fame. And, but I started thinking about this. And just to have a UFC Hall of Fame 
doesn't do all MMA justice because then Fedora doesn't get in there. Uh, there's a lot of people that get right. left there out. There should be an MMA Hall uh, of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. Sakuraba. Just, yeah. Like, I mean, not there's a just ton- UFC. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Like, I, I started to think about that. And if there is an MMA Hall of Fame, it, it's never came up on my radar. But for the UFC to have one who Ronda Rousey just got in, uh, their version of it, um, there should be a standalone. There is a boxing hall of fame that you can go visit. Actually, my friend Bob, uh, Ryder, who, who writes with me, uh, he goes every year. They elect, I think, in June or, or, or they elect in February, but they honor him in June and he goes. Um, but that's not a true representation of MMA. Uh, there's a lot of great fighters who never have fought under the UFC banner. That would probably be Hall of Fame material, whether it be from the old uh, Pride days, whether it be from, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, a, there's you know, like Tapology, Sheer Dog. But not a physical right, place. Right, I'm saying. But like, like you can yeah, go visit. Right. So I'm saying is they're, they're saying, you know, um, that there should be, but because there's not, here's our, you right. know, whatever. Like I'm talking about um, brick yeah, yeah. and mortar. Oh, I no, I 100% agree. So should it be in Denver, Colorado? Where would you put it? Because Denver was the, the place a UFC won. The MMA Hall of Fame. Would it be, be in Denver, where UFC no, first happened? No, you'd want it somewhere more centrally. Honestly, I think that <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't mean centrally United States. I was going to say Cooper sounds near nothing. No, no, no. I don't mean centrally <laughs> United States. I mean like like New York. Okay. Because New York is like one of those cities that represents like the world. Right. So I would think that an MMA Hall of Fame in some place like New York City would be accurate because there's a lot of other nations that are usually represented in New York City. And it's kind of one of those very metropolitan, very, you know, uh, worldly kind of cities. So that's where I would put it. And then the other question I had for you, Jimmy, was – because mixed martial arts celebrates all martial arts, would you yes. honor? Because, would you Sorry. honor some of the the great Greco-Roman wrestlers? How far back would you go? Because I, there was a lot of people that were really good at a discipline before you started mixing stuff. I would say, uh, I would say you go back to any competition where. Uh, where uh, discipline versus a different discipline could be entered into the like MMA that. Hall of Fame. So if you had like karate versus judo, those people, you know, Hapkido versus, you know, Muay Thai, that could be in there, you know, and it doesn't matter where it is in the world. It's just if there was a global kind of competition where two different kind of disciplines fought each other, then those co- – those contestants could See, be entered into I like the MMA Hall of Fame. Because yeah. that means almost all the Gracie family because they had yeah. that million-dollar challenge yeah. back in the 80s when yeah. no one knew about jujitsu, where yeah. they're like, I don't care what you are, and they they fought kung fu people, yeah. and they would give you a million dollars if you beat them, and they yeah. beat everybody. Yeah. That would mean all the, the Gracies. Gracies could be eligible. Right, because – Jet that, Lee – or not Jet Lee, uh, Bruce Lee – because he 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 uh, did a lot of competitions where he invited masters of other disciplines to fight him 
where he used the Jeet Kune Do. I think he, I think he gets in there as like a legend of well, promoting that, the sport. But I, I, the, I, the more I read about Bruce Lee, first off, there's no footage hardly of him fighting. There's well, that that's one because footage. He didn't, he didn't right. want to. Yeah. Um. He he would almost get that legendary status of you promoted. Uh, in MMA yeah. aspect, just like yeah. Chuck Norris, I, w- yeah, I wouldn't Chuck put Norris. him in there for fighting, even though he won a lot of karate yeah. championships. Yeah. But I would put him in there that kids wanted to do karate because they saw Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris and way before Walker, Lee, right? Yeah, you know the uh, I forget <laughs> the two name sons, Walker, but Texas the, Ranger. So the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame, a lot of the inductees, their masters in several different. Disciplines. Yeah. Is it yeah. a brick and mortar uh, place here? Is it is a real place or is it an online community? Because I'm talking like a real physical place a where people place where get ugly go, jackets. Yeah. Yep. Ugly, like pink jackets because they're fighters. I think that would be funny. And, you know, like some place you could actually visit. And then, you know, um, I shared something the other day. Uh, with Jimmy and Cody, and, and it, I'm going to uh, say that it might just be an online thing because they. It looks like they do. Um, they just had their. Okay, well, and and this is where I'm I'm bringing a full circle here before he does what's on tap is that I sent uh probably a week ago. Yeah, it looks somebody like it's opened a storage that... unit of WWE. Yeah. And did you see all that memorabilia in there? Yeah. Now, their Hall of Fame doesn't have a physical building. Now, you right. would think WWE should. Their performance center, all that stuff's like behind closed doors. You don't right. you don't get to see that. All that stuff in there. They had the ropes from Madison Square Garden, yeah. the first one, all, like the, uh, the, uh, the Piper's Pit. That thing yeah. was loaded with yeah. memorabilia. That should be in... Niagara Falls, Ontario, somewhere, right? That people would well, go it see should it. Be, it should be in where... The WWE, uh, where they originally started, which was, I think, it was a, it was a city in New York, is right. where the, you know, where uh, Vince, Vince McMahon's, McMahon's dad, fought, dad yeah. yeah, Vince Senior started the WWE or in a WWF at the time, but yeah. And so these pictures are just of this stuff. Any any of this stuff would get fourteen thousand dollars. Oh, eBay. Easily. it's like, and it easily. was just a storage unit of WWF stuff because it's real to me. Right, it is real to me. But that that's why I got to this whole I, – I, I think it's cool that Canton and Cooperstown, you can actually go there, see the plaques and stuff. And I understand those sports have been around a lot longer. Remember, MMA is only 25 years old. But I think it's time to try to figure out a physical building for Miss Martial Arts and start honoring it. And you know what? Dana White would get in there. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it should yeah. just not just be a company. No, I agree. Thing. I agree. You know, but and that's just it I is that the company did it because it. the company wants to promote itself. But they also but, leave out people that they, they have problems with. But they don't and that's just it. Is, that should be in there. But that's just it. If they're footing the bill, then they should be able to do whatever they want. Well, just like the the wrestling book we saw at Toys R Us. Okay. It had the list of pretty much every single wrestler through there except Hulk Hogan. Right, but Ho- Hogan rightfully would be punished even by the other. Like, say, yeah. if we had, like, I mean, what he did was like wrong, yeah. and he's but riding out a punishment. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I I find it interesting that so if you had a Hall of Fame, and then you later found out that somebody did something so terrible, 
that you had to remove him, I think Hogan would definitely be on a five-year or six-year suspension where you would have took down his plaque. And, yeah. and, and you know what? If, if, if other fighters forgive him, uh, clearly of different ethnic backgrounds forgive him, then, then you know what? He, he can build that bridge. But, um, you know, in nowadays, um, it's interesting because there's a lot of people that are enshrined in these Hall of Fames that didn't after, you know. Yeah, you know what's crazy, and uh, before Jimmy does it really quick, is Dick Buckkiss. You remember him, right? Yeah. One of the meanest f- <laughs> fucking football players of all time. He I'm played sh- the nice coach on that Saturday yeah. morning show. Yeah, and then like I could I just, never relate. Dick I, Buckkiss. I know his his, his name. Man, I, well, no, I. <laughs> you ever do you ever do you remember the show? It was a '90s show called A Living Color. And they had men on, like men on movies, men on yeah, football, yeah, yeah. whatever. And it was, um, anyways, they it was two, they were two gay guys, but it was like um, they were talking about football, and he's like, I like the names like Dick Buckus <laughs> and Bob Greasy, Bob Greasy in here, tight end, not no more. Oh my god, you know that too well. <laughs> that was one actually one of my favorite shows. <laughs> Because you had uh, young Jim Carrey, young Marlon Wayne or uh, Damon Wayne's, young um, David Allen Greer. You know, you had Jim Carrey doing Fire Marshal Bill, right? Which was just no, he's you something. I mean, it was classic. It was good, and a very young Jennifer Lopez as one of the in living color fly dancers. The M- Millie Vanilli skit, yeah, girl. was hilarious. Fly girls, Sorry, the Millie Vanilli skit yep. was uh, absolutely oh, hilarious. I know. Uh, oh man, I had something. Really Sorry. important to fucking say. I forgot Sorry. it. No, 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 no. I ran you uh, off track. No. You were talking about Dick Buckus and he played the, he was a really mean guy, but he played a, a oh, nice. Yeah. Jake, Jake Butt was a tight end for you in University of Michigan yeah. two years ago. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. you can't write that yeah. satire. Dick, yeah. uh, Jake Butt, B-U-T-T, yeah. playing tight end. And there were so end. many yeah. funny jerseys like people had made. Oh, really? But they were like. Because they were fans of his. Oh, okay. It was still like a- yeah, I mean, I mean, at, at that time in Little League, you're like, put me anywhere but tight end, please. Yeah. My name, my last name's Butt. <laughs> like, you know, I can tailback it. Come on. All right, get do what's on tap. That's just it's tail- bad. <laughs> That's actually true. I want to be the pitcher, not the catcher. Exactly. That's right. All right, do what's on tap, and then we're going to go on a quick break. All right. All right, this is What's on Tab, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, in the boxing world, August 11th at Hollywood, California, on Facebook Watch, we have Jesus Roja versus Joseph Diaz Jr. It's 12 rounds for Roja's WBA regular featherweight title. At Mexico City on BEIN Sports Espanol, we have Mariana Juarez versus Kariumi Nuki. It's 10 rounds for Juarez's WBC Women's Bantamweight title. At August 16th at Tokyo, we have Ryoki Iwasa versus TJ Doni. It is 12 rounds for Iwasa's, I'm sorry, Iwasa's IBF Junior Featherweight title. Moving on to MMA uh, tonight, Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series, Season 2, Episode 8 at the USC Training Center in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, and also we have, uh, I just like this one. It is uh, August 11th, Primal MMA, Fight Night 1, The Showboat in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and Risen, FF Risen 12 at 
I'm going to probably mispronounce this, Achi uh, Prefectorial Gymnasium in Nagoya, Achi, Japan. And that is What's on Tap, sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, like Brad said, and we'll be back in a few minutes. You're listening to The Undercard, Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to episode 281 on The Undercard. We appreciate you listening. Uh, so this past week... We just appreciate you. We appreciate you. This past week, we decided to do picks again. I don't know last time we did picks. It's been a long time. Well, last time we announced picks, I should say. Because we do picks all the time. It's just we don't always say it, you know, over the air or post what we pick. So we did the pay-per-view part of the UFC card, so none of the undercard. Uh And uh, we combined three boxing matches, which Mm -hmm. were... um, Title fights. uh, The Alexander versus Birdo. Mm Mm-hmm. Quillen versus uh, uh, who do you love? Fight? No. Oh, oh no, Jay yeah. Leon Love. Yeah, Love. Yeah. And then uh, the Kovalev fight. Yep. Mm-hmm. We all got the Kovalev fight wrong. We all got which it. Which I got to talk about here in a second. Um, but uh, Jimmy, besides the Kovalev fight, which I know nobody, and I, I I've yet to see a prediction that somebody had Kovalev going go- down to Alvarez. Jimmy goes seven and one, which you could argue with Boom. the Alvarez Kovalov thing. That's almost like going perfect almost. because no one saw that. Almost, yeah, nobody saw. Well, I saw a couple of people. Alvarez post. and his family. I would say saw I, it. I saw a couple people in the uh, one of the boxing forums. People did. A couple people did pick Alvarez, but yeah, it was a huge upset. I mean, here's a guy that was. Uh, Tied for my pound for pound uh, number one when he after the first fight with Andre Ward, clearly uh, got caught in the temple. Yeah, and then the second knockdown was brutal, where yeah. his legs were going Just one direction and his body's going the other. Yeah. Why the ref? Let Didn't him stop get up after that. from the right. Yeah. I mean, just bad officiating yeah. to get hit again. I thought I thought that was the end. Then they let him get up for a standing eight count, and I'm like, what? What? Right. No, no. There is a positive, though. So Adana Stevenson, a fight that is the only fight out there for Kovalev now, and it's the only fight out there for Adana Stevenson, actually. Um, Maybe that goats Adonis into thinking that Kovalev isn't everything we thought he was, and maybe Adonis and Kovalev will happen now. Yeah, that's a good possibility. Because really— Do you think the reason Kovalev was— uh, I don't want to say shaky, but that uh, the his fight with Ward took a toll. That's interesting because Ward doesn't have a lot of power. I don't know. I, I have no idea. You know, it, it was not the same Kovalov. No, um, it really wasn't. It was it was shocking to watch. It's it's a weird sport. So all I can compare it to is like Griffey, who didn't take steroids, right? Right. You had like a natural curve of like he wasn't hitting 50 home right. runs anymore. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't yeah. take steroids. He's not like right. Bonds at 40, right? right? So it was like a bell curve. Yeah. With fighters, it's weird. Just one day they stop being a good fighter and yeah. it hits them suddenly. Yeah, it's like a w- hitting a wall. Now the crazy thing is Roy Jones Jr. telling him that he got knocked out so bad he should retire. I've seen Jones Jr. get knocked out a ton. 
that he should have retired a long time ago. So yeah. maybe maybe he's talking his own advice. But, you know, the Adonis Stevenson, it's at least two fights, no matter what happens in the first fight. Um, Kovalev's 35. Adonis is near my age or just under it. Um, just make that happen, you know, and that, that'll keep boxing fans relevant. But, yeah, Kovalev, I mean, goes from in my top 10 to not even in top 25. Um, but Alvarez looked good. Yeah, he did. Um, I know you watched the fight start to finish. I watched it after the fact, already knowing the outcome going in disbelief. So anyways, Jimmy's in the lead at 7-1 to one on the contender's leaderboard. Yeah, buddy. I come in at a measly 500, which is horrible. And Cody Stamen, if it wasn't for good looks, <laughs> uh, he didn't have anything going for him last week. He goes 3-5. and five. Um, So we're going to keep this up through the month of uh, August. That was the first weekend in August, right? Uh, I tried to make it yeah. so in August. All right. And then uh, there'll be a Mongo barbecue uh, gift card for August through our picks. Uh, and then we'll continually adding fights, continually posting them. I'm going to figure out a better way to post them on Facebook, too, where it shows all of ours, where it wasn't kind of leaked. Of course, we were waiting on Cody to pick one of them right. for a while there. Right. Uh, and so... That's uh, the leaderboard there. But, yeah, so if there is a, a positive to the Kovalev thing, first off, don't we want drama anyways? Do we always want to know who, who's going to freaking win? No. A prime example, WXC happened this past weekend. I would have told you there was no way Marco Smallman could lose. As a matter of fact, last week on the show, I told Marco Smallman there was no way he could lose to right. Willis Black. And then what's Willis Black going to do? Prove me wrong with what was it a punch choke? I, I forget what he won by. And Marco just got caught and just one of those things where it's not your day and oh, got he, caught and had to tap. He tapped, yeah. Uh, but Marco Smallman, I still believe in, will be in the UFC. It's a minor setback. And then it says a lot about Willis Black, right. who now is five and two. But. Don't we want this anyways? Always knowing the predetermination yeah, of want, fighters. That, and that and that's what makes some of the best fights and the best fighter, you know, and I, I go back to the Mayweather fight. Is he really the best fighter ever if he's never really been tested? Been tested or I wouldn't because early in his career I would say he got tested a little bit. But after a while, you know, I I think a fighter who is like um, you know, 39 and one that's tested every single fight that he fight fights in, you know, and is never backed down from a fight, always fights the harder opponents. Like those are your, your champions, your true champions. You know, if you're, if you have a 40 and 0 record, but they're all fluff fights, especially at the end of your career, then it, eh, I don't know. You might have to put an asterisk at the end of that. That number, you know? Well, the McGregor fight shouldn't count. Well, I that, don't... I mean, that was an O and O guy, right? Uh, the Pacquiao thing happened five years too late. Five years too late, uh, yeah. The Marcos-Maidana uh, fight, people thought that just because Maidana roughed him up a little bit in the fifth and the sixth, uh, up to the fifth and sixth round until, like, you know, Floyd, uh, I mean, clearly he had it. They're like, okay, let's get a rematch. Um you know, Alvarez he, he, was a little too young in his career. Absolutely. He would have yep. never fought Alvarez no. like four years later no. after that. No way, Jose. Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, it's tough to say with Floyd. You know what? He He's the best 
businessman yeah. to ever do you it. Can never, you can, the second you can't would be Muhammad that. Ali. Yeah. Maybe not because of money, but he knew how to promote a fight, he right? Did. Showing up he at did. training Absolutely, camps and stuff. Yes. But Absolutely. the best business person to ever step in boxing, I mean, it's Floyd Mayweather over the promoters, even yeah. uh, um, the well, guys that rule here, it now. Here, th- this, is what, this is what will determine whether or not he was the best business person. In 10 years, <laughs> we'll see if he still has money. I said in boxing, not in like strip clubs and whatever matter. he's investing it in now. It doesn't matter, though. He If he invested his money properly... Then you know, as a he knew boxer, how to make the money. He knew how to make the money. I'll Not agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the, I'll, the, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that. The idea of yeah, I mean, him opening a strip club. I mean, just I don't know if the money will be there in ten years. But um, the good news is there's probably a, a fight out there for him um, if he ever w- did want to come back and make that kind of money. Um, I just believe it's a crazy thing of like. A spending thing like you just can't get out of that you know when you're used to spending that much because so much is coming in twice a year once a year right but then you're still spending that much yeah and it's, it's not coming without in like without that to. kind of yeah it, i mean if he invested properly where his uh invest investure his investment investment, investment uh brought back a yield that was equal to uh, what he would make year, you know, yearly or whatever, then yeah, you can continue to spend that kind of money. Otherwise, you got to curb it a little bit, you know. I wonder what he got paid for that WWE where he fought the Big oh, Show. I don't know. probably a little bit. Tyson, I, mean, a little I heard bit. Tyson that got pretty good money. Yeah, I mean, I'm WWE. not saying he didn't get anything. But I'm saying not what yeah. he would normally get. Oh no, you know? no, yeah. no, not not like a hundred million, yeah. fifty million, whatever he was whatever. making per fight. Uh, that's just crazy to think you could go through that kind of money. Right. But, I mean, if you're betting on it, maybe maybe Mayweather goes through it. I don't know. I tell you what, he, he has a problem identifying boxing talent. Uh, I'll, I'll mm-hmm. say that. And some, some of those guys are my friends and stuff. Yeah. But Jay Leon Love is not the same fighter he was when he was in Detroit. When he moved out to Las Vegas, Nevada, that one I was soft. sure – was going to be and uh people pointed out that he was f- walking backwards fighting backwards i mean he, he got isn't soft. the same fighter he got soft from the detroit days yeah you, detroit makes you hard vegas makes you soft it is i mean nice out there dollar blackjack circus i mean i'm i'm there's too much distraction dollar there's blackjack. too much there's too much distraction there's too much to do it's too easy to get sidetracked, right? You know, and you live, you know, uh, you live pretty comfortably, you know, if you're if you're you know spending a little bit of money, but you're living pretty comfortably. You need that harsh Detroit environment with no distractions. You know, <laughs> fucking winners, man. I tell you what, if you run in winter in in Detroit, you're you're a tough motherfucker. Yeah. Um. But so Jimmy, outside. Jimmy, yeah, outside, yeah, yeah. Not, not on a treadmill, yeah. Uh, seven and one. Yep. Already a huge lead. I mean, uh, that 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 buys you a week. I don't know what we're gonna pick on this week. I gotta look ahead on your what's on tap, uh, and uh, they gotta be relevant fights. We're not. They're never not, gonna pick non-relevant. They're not. There's really nothing. Well, then you're gonna have a lead yeah. for at least a week. Yeah. I, I mean, I that's think, a good strong. I see. MMA wise, there's nothing. Uh, there's a risen fight. Risen. Risen. It's um, a big big F. You. Yeah, but otherwise than that, uh, there's really nothing uh, boxing-wise. 
So you pull out. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, they always got to be kind of relevant. Um, the only one that may be relevant uh, is well, the only one that may be relevant is Jesus Roja versus Joseph Diaz Jr. for Roja's WBA regular featherweight title. Uh, the next title bout is Mar- uh, Mariana Juarez versus Teriyumi Nuki for her WBC women's bantamweight title. Mm-hmm. And then there's uh, Isawa's IBF junior featherweight title in Tokyo. Those are the three title fights in boxing. And there's no like Bellator or UFC or any fights in MMA. So. Uh, yeah. it, it, if you're with me, you're, you're no stranger to what my favorite sanctioning body is in, uh, uh, boxing. It's WBC. I think the green belt's awesome. Mm-hmm. But there was an award that, uh, I saw the other day. It was online. I've never seen this award and I've seen almost every award the WBC gives away. But this one was for over 2000 fights. And I'm like, that has to be for a ref or that has to be for a judge. That cannot be for a fighter. And it had a really cool fra- phrase that said, uh, in, in your heart is gold, but in your blood is green, right? Because they're known for the green belt. And I'm like, that's got to be for a referee or some 2000 fights, right? I I researched it. I'm pretty sure that's for a fighter, which is absolutely crazy to think 2,000. And I know it had amateur fights included, but like, mm-hmm. what, 2,000 fights? No. Like, I, I'm still thinking I misread this. I'm trying to figure the, uh, figure the award out, but there's no way somebody fought 2,000 times and, and is coherent walking around. Um but the award's awesome. I mean, the, the WBC awards are great. Actually, that's the only one I'm holding out for. If, if I was to accidentally fall into the Boxing Hall of Fame, okay, that's cool. If I was to accidentally fall into some other things, but there is a WBC award out there that I would one day want to be honored with um, many years away still. But um, but there is, they have the coolest awards. Uh, but yeah, over 2000, like I, I kept looking at it because they have so many neat medals and, and Frank Garza would be the guy that I got to talk to about it. And if it's over 2000 fights, you need more than a medal. Like, I mean, that, that should be a brand new Cadillac or something like green, a green Cadillac with like green interior. I, it's gotta be for refs and judges. It's gotta be mislabeled because I just can't see somebody doing 2000 fights. There, I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't even think I've ever walking. heard it. Right. Amateur too. Like, uh, uh, it, it's got to be, uh, you know, I got to talk to somebody that's in the know and, and try to figure it out. So let's go back to 1981. Uh, one of my favorite shows of all time was The Greatest American Hero when I was a kid. And uh, believe it or not, which was by Joey Scar- Scarberry, Scarberry, um, actually was one of those weird theme songs in which it actually rose up the charts. It, it had a catchy, believe it or not, I'm walking on air kind of thing. Um, simple premise, mm-hmm. aliens give him a suit, yep. loses the instruction book, and yep. then how many episodes can we have where he tries to figure it out? Uh, but they're rebooting it. And so it brings us to the topic of what show would you want from the 80s? Uh, we can't just focus on 1981 that you would want rebooted. Um, I thought the 18 movie sucked. But I would like to see the A-Team rebooted from the 80s as a TV show, Um, especially because, Jimmy, you can appreciate this. With today's society, 
a bunch because they, they were army veterans mm-hmm. that fought for the common people. Mm-hmm. I think there's many storylines out there that clearly the movie with Bradley oh, Cooper and yeah. stuff. I would love to see the A team modern day army people, yep. vigilantes, mm-hmm. uh, a Snowden type computer mm-hmm. guy. Uh, I, I would yeah. love to see that. Yeah, well, you got that's have, the ultimate reboot. Yeah, you got to have the. You know, the B.A. Baracus type, you know, you got to have the face, you got to have the crazy kind of like pilot. But, yeah, you could actually add uh, like an I.T. kind of guy and then, uh, you know, the guy that brings it all together. I love Hannibal. It when a plan, Hannibal. Yeah. I love it when a plan comes together. With a cigar. Yeah. Um, but there's so many modern storylines. So that was mine, A-Team. That one seems like an obvious one. The, the movie was such a disappointment. I like um, the movie. You did? Yeah, it was just What's it on Rotten Tomatoes? Fun. It was can't be fun for the point of having can't be fun. What was it on uh, I'm going to find yeah, out. Let's on. let's see what Rotten Tomatoes says. All right, hold on. Rochelle on. from the 80s, bring back a show. Family ties. Ah. Huh. So you 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 go to the uh when Michael J. Fox was having a drug problem and his mom confronts you want to see some family TV wholesome uh, like Roseanne. Uh not Roseanne. The opposite. Uh, you want a, a Michael P. Keaton, a, a young Republican. Uh, you want interesting. Yep. The it was my favorite show. Team. Rotten Tomatoes, the A team. I'm going to say 31%. Here. Hold on. Hold on. The internet's super, super slow. So Rampage Jackson was in it. Tying it back to MMA. 48%. Wow. That's actually higher than I thought. That is uh, the critics. The audience score was 65%. Oh, my God. And yeah. you can't find that anywhere. I bet you if we yeah. looked for that DVD, we could not find ATM anywhere. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it out. Bet you I could find it one place. Amazon? No, nope. no. There's a secondhand oh. store that has oh. everything. Um, Jimmy, what is yours? So it was a show that I remember from my childhood. Called I think it was called The Discoverers. Okay. Oh. Um, and the premise behind it was there was this time traveler who, uh, his job was to go back and fix broken timelines in history. And somehow, and I, I don't remember all the, the bits of it, but somehow he ended up in the eighties and he ended up, uh, getting mixed up with this kid and the little pad that he had that would tell him, what the correct uh, history was got broken. So the kid had his school history book with him and they would travel in time and using the kid's school book, like history book, they would fix the timelines, you know, so like Napoleon Bonaparte, you know, uh, like wins the Battle of Waterloo or, you know, Hitler ends up winning World War II or <laughs> Genghis Khan never conquers most of Asia or, you know, just things of that nature. And then they would – Close to, to Quantum Leap though. It, yeah, yeah. But yeah, see, but it, was, it, it was kind of like Quantum Leap except um, it was more broader, less personal. Okay. Quantum Leap was more personal. Uh, uh, the Discoverers was much more broader. Right. Um, I, I Like either that – or I would bring back Small Wonder. 
Nice. So yeah. your runner-up is Small Wonder. Yeah. Small Wonder would be my runner-up. Especially because what they could do now with the CGI and the technology to make the girl look like a robot and make her look like a, you know. And she doesn't sound like this the whole series. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. They could do a lot more with it. But they are rebooting my one of my third favorites, and that's why I didn't choose this. They're rebooting Elf. Yeah, okay. I know. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. As long as they don't change the Muppet. Like the, uh, no, no, uh, no, it's the same one. But then, who's going to do the voice? It's the same guy. Oh, he's, he's oh, the no, guy he's still alive. Yeah, he's still like he's the guy that actually got this thing off the ground. Okay, that's yeah. cool. It's the same guy. Does the same voice. They'll probably do the puppet. Will probably be the same, but they'll probably have a little bit better CGI. CGI from when he's walking around chasing a cat. Yeah, chasing oh, a cat. He's always yeah, always wanting to eat the cat. Yeah, so I'm saying cats everywhere are fearing for their lives now. So your runner up. Uh, is once again small wonder. Uh, okay, so if your champion is not able to continue with the crown, small wonder takes yes. over. Yes. Uh my runner up. Ooh, I didn't even know we were going to do runner ups, mm. but I, I I was just I saying. Th- yeah. No, I think yeah. this is missing. Um, and Rochelle's going to say it's not because she's going to throw a lot of like horror stories and stuff out of this. But ama- amazing stories, the Spielberg thing from 1985. That was some really good sci-fi written stuff, and it you know I I love I love the Twilight Zones. I love uh, I love uh, Black Mirror. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Um, it's it's basically that. Well, Stranger Things kind of well, goes Stranger a little Thing, bit off the but, amazing stories but, thing, but, but Black, is a continuation story. But but I was gonna say, but Bl- Stranger Things is more. Taking all of our favorite '80s movies, mashing them and mashing them together, so you have the three, the three genres that are all combined into one storyline. So Sci-fi, you have horror, thriller. Well, so you have the adults fighting the government yep. story. All right, so that's that's all the parents. Then you have the kids in the sci-fi adventure. That's E.T. Goonies kind of thing, like that action adventure kind of thing. Then you have the teenagers in a horror movie, which is all the stuff that happens with the teenagers. And only when you combine all three genres together does anything actually ever get accomplished. Stranger Things is good. Yeah. Uh, what What would your runner up be for the eighties before we wrap the show? I don't know. Well, I got, I got one more thing to do oh, before yeah, we yeah. wrap. Go ahead. Kind of sticking with the same thing. Like, I loved Eight is Enough. Eight okay. is Enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She likes the family sitcom. Yeah. So the, the audience applause laughter. Uh, uh, no, they didn't have that in Eight uh, is Enough. Yeah. The not- crazy thing. Um, someone pointed this out. That is the same. So if it's not in front of a studio audience. It's the same. It's, it's the same, same audience yeah. track. Yeah. Most of those people are dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that when recorded you recorded in like the 50s or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so 1981. Uh, we're gonna do. I'm gonna do a quick thing. I'm gonna run through uh, major events that occurred in 1981. But yes. I want to see uh, when is your birthday, Brad? Uh, September 3rd. September 3rd. I'm gonna see if anything happened on your birthday. September 3rd. Nothing happened on your birthday. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Rochelle? November 6th. November 6th. Nothing happened on your birthday, but. Here are. It wasn't some... an election day. No, because no, they actually, just had a big election in nineteen eighty. Yeah, uh, okay. because January um, 
Uh, January 19th, United States and Iranian officials signed an agreement to release 52 American hostages after 14 months of captivity. On January 20th, Ronald Reagan is sworn in as the 40th president of the United States. Minutes later, Iran releases the 52 Americans held for 444 days, ending the Iran hostage crisis. Um, other big events that happened on March 6th after 19 years hosting Walter Cronkite <laughs> signs off, off for, for the last time. Yep. Um, do, 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 uh, March 30th, president Ronald Reagan is shot in the chest outside of Washington, DC by John Hinckley jr. Two police officers and press secretary James Brady are also wounded. He was obsessed with Jodie Foster. Yes, he was. And did it for her. Yes, that's what he says. That's crazy. April 18th, a minor league baseball game between the Rochester Red Wings and the Pawtucket Red Sox at McCoy Stadium in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, becomes the longest professional baseball game in history. Eight hours and 25 minutes, 33 innings. (laughs) The 33 inning is not actually played until June 23rd. They stopped the game. And came back to it on a different day. Because they probably ran out of pitchers. I mean, there's only so many arms to go around. Yep. Uh, On June 12th, Major League Baseball goes on strike, forcing the cancellation of 38% of the schedule. Can you imagine that happening now? Uh, I remember when it happened, uh, the last time it happened, and and they had replacement players. Sparky Anderson was, yeah. 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 It wasn't good. Uh, July 7th, President Ronald Reagan nominates the first woman, Sandra Day O'Connor, to the Supreme Court of the United States. Did you see that documentary on her that's getting? I haven't. I haven't yet. July 9th. The first release of Donkey Kong and its first debut of Mario. That's one of my favorite games. Yeah. So simple. Uh, July 17th, the Hyatt Regency walkway collapses in Kansas City, Missouri. Two skywalks filled with people at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Kansas City, Missouri collapse into a crowded atrium, killing 114 people. And then the Hyatt survived that? Wow. Yeah. I don't even remember hearing that. Yeah. How old were you? No, but I mean, we just had a bridge collapse, though, in Florida, and they didn't reference that. Uh, August 1st, MTV launches launch on cable television in the United States. August 5th, Ronald Reagan fires 11,359 striking air traffic controllers who ignored his order for them to return to work. Dapes. Um, Let's see. Oh, uh, the okay. August twelfth, the original model, fifty-one fifty IBM PC with a four point seventy-seven megahertz Intel processor is released in the United States at a base price of two thousand. Okay, what do you think? Uh, Twenty-five. One thousand five hundred sixty-five dollars. So, we both went over, so we both lose. But, yeah, that's but right. Realize, Thanks like, for playing the game. <laughs> realize that. Don't a, forget to have your pets naked. Realize that here. a brand new Ford Thunderbird bath then was like nine thousand. So like that's how much like cars have gone up to. Like so that was a pricey. And the home. computers have went down unless you're an Apple. Right. I'm just saying that was a pricey investment. September seventeenth, Ric Flair. Defeats ah. Dusty Rhodes to win his first heavyweight wrestling championship in Kansas City. And the golden boy was born. That's right. Uh, 
on November on October 28th, the thrash metal band Metallica forms in Los Angeles. It's pretty big news. Yep. Uh, November 16th, Luke and Laura marry on the U.S. Go. soap opera General Hospital is the highest rated hour in daytime television history. Also, a lot of people called off that day to watch that actually mm-hmm. happen. In boxing on December 11th, Muhammad Ali loses to Trevor Burbick. This proved to be Ali's last ever fight. Yep. And the very first American test tube baby on December 28th, Elizabeth Jordan Carr is born in Norfolk, Virginia. Ongoing things happening in 1981, the Cold War. The Iran hostage crisis, which actually ended, and the early 1980s recession, which occurred from 1981 to 1982. Wow. That is all the big things that happened in 1981. I should make like a – you cover the big things and I should make like a list of little things. You know, like like, you know, you you called your best friend and, and no one was home. But you didn't panic, so you just called occasionally over those five days, and then they finally answered, and everything was okay. Like, or if you, you don't just, return a text just, now in two you seconds, just walked people... on, got on your bike and rode over there. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, no one panicked. They're just not home. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you thank just you, let Jimmy. It ring and ring and ring and ring and ring and ring. Yeah. <laughs> no machine to pick up. No, so, no. Yeah. Um, also, uh, by the way, for anybody who's listening and likes to, li- to watch our, uh, video, um, I forgot to hit the record button. It was streaming this entire time, but it didn't record the video until much later. So I am going to try to post the stream and I will also post the partial video because the stream, you still get the audio, oh, but, absolutely, yeah. but it, you'll get the, like the, the freeze frames of the video where when I do the recording, it's just a hundred percent all, all the video, but I will post both of them. Um, I'll just label one of them, you know, 281 partial or something like that. But so if you want to watch the show in its entirety or listen to it in its entirety, you can watch the stream that I'll post, but just know that the frame will freeze, but the audio will continue. Awesome. And that, 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 that is my bad. Nah. I, 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 Everyone's I, allowed a mistake, right, Rochelle? I, did, I didn't realize. <laughs> Everyone's allowed a mistake, right, Rochelle? At about at about 8.10, <laughs> I'm looking down at the it thing, and I realize the start recording button is not pressed. So I'm like, ooh, I right. <laughs> should probably press that. Well, you remember, it, so like about 1981, that's about the time you had to be home and hit press and play, record and play at the same time to get it. Because like you didn't, oh, get the, the, you, you didn't get the scheduling option until mid '80s, where you could like figure out how to like get the VCR to record. I don't think there was VCR in '81. I think there were. I think Betamax maybe maybe 81. Betamax. But I don't think VCR when came did out VCR later. Come out. Look at that. right, that's a on. good last one. I don't know. All I remember. But don't you like, ever no, remember waiting like at 7:55 no, for something at eight not, not, and hitting both at the same not time? Not when I was six. Mm. I remember having on, which was like the cable network. Borat. VCR. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Borat. Hold on here. First five minutes make me laugh. Again, the. You having a hot flash over there? No, uh, the the frickin'. I honestly don't know what VCR stands for. Video. Video. Recording. Recording. Video cassette recorder. Yeah. 
Uh, duh, duh, duh. Hold you on remember here. there was EP duh, duh, and duh, duh, SP? Duh, duh, like you could get better quality, but you had less tape, or you could like do I didn't EP. Know. Oh, extended play, play. Right. standard play. Now I understand what it meant, but I had no idea grainier. what that was. Uh, because like you would buy a tape and it would say two to six hours. Would, would you no, think I like you were gambling? <laughs> Did I get a six-hour tape or two-hour? Gambling. Then, I, I Let's get a six-hour. I, I wasn't like technically. Savvy back then, dude. I used to record stupid stuff, MTV Music Awards, like stuff I never watched again. I was like, I gotta record the Music Awards. I know why because they didn't show it like twenty five times. I don't after know that. if they did back then, but like I remember that meant you were going back to school. Like that was around the yeah. time start of September. Yeah, Moonmen given out, and you. Back well, to it's possible then. because it was always like that. It it, it existed before. in seventy six, but it didn't really become commercially available. Well. Let's okay. say the well, eighty two was normal kinda, kids weren't getting them. Yeah, VHS compact uh, was available in eighty two. Oh, um, the, like the eight millimeter ones? No, that was the because there was VHS Super VHS, there's VH SVHSET, but the commercially yeah, uh, big one was uh, VHSC, which means compact. Um, that was well. That was for more like camcorders. Sorry, I'm trying to read through all of this. Um, well, that whole do. that whole that was more like the ones that you're thinking about are a little bit more like um, uh, uh, like late '80s, mid to late '80s. Well, that's the whole reason. Like, so the VHS versus Beta the thing when when Blu-ray came out, what was their competition? The there. Uh, HD, yeah, HD TV or no, HD DVD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I didn't start buying until I was like, one of these guys is going to win the well, race. Well, you know, actually, right. and it you was know, Blu-ray. Do you know? Uh, do you know how you find out who's going to win the race? Uh-uh. It's very, very simple. Whichever format porn chooses is the one that wins. That makes ah, sense. That is what that is. So when it was between Betamax and VHS, they went with VHS. It was between Laserdisc and whatever it was. They went with, yeah, they went with Laserdisc. When they went with uh, HD, DVD, or Blu-ray, they went with Blu-ray. Those are the ones that win because they sell so many more copies of that, of that particular type of format than any other format. Laserdisc sucked. Yeah, Laserdisc did suck. And you had to flip it, too. Midway through the movie, it'd be like flip to side B. You're like, What? (laughs) Flip to side B. So much information yeah. now can be just on All right. so small. We got to get moving. All right. On, we're yeah. we're going to be back next week, 1982. 1982. And maybe we'll be in the new studio. I think we're going to be in the new studio. Maybe. Uh, All right. Yep. We'll so we'll see everybody soon. Take right. care. <laughs> Bye-bye.